0: You are listening to A Taste of Romumu, a JCast Network podcast. For more information about Romumu, please visit Romumu.org. For more information about the other JCast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCastNetwork.org. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Hello, hello. I'm not um, a Friday night person. So there are a lot of you I've never seen before. Hello. And then there are a lot of you I didn't realize I would be seeing tonight. So hello to you as well. It's good to see all of you from this angle and I want to thank Rabbi Jessica and Rabbi David and Absentia for inviting me to come and say hello to you. I'm glad to be able to say it now because I want to tell you that I'll see some of you tomorrow night and I won't be saying hello. And I want to tell you why. Tomorrow night, Tisha B'Av, or when we observe Tisha B'Av, we're not supposed to say hello. We're not supposed to greet one another. That's awkward for most of us. It's certainly awkward for me. I'm an (laughs) over-greeter. Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, is the saddest day on our calendar. It's a full fast day when we mourn all the Jewish tragedies at once. The destruction of the temples in Jerusalem. The sin of the spies in the desert and the decision by God to let that whole generation die off. That happened on Tisha B'Av. The Inquisition supposedly happened on that day. The Holocaust started with the Nuremberg Laws which happened on that day. The rabbis aggregated every terrible thing that ever happened to us and put them on that night, that day, Tisha B'Av. And so on Tisha B'Av, like on Yom Kippur, we follow a very strict fast day regime. We don't eat, we don't drink, We don't bathe, we don't share intimate moments. And a little unknown law, we don't say hello. At least not until noon on Sunday. So that's gonna be strange, because I see people on Tisha B'Av I don't see all summer. And I wanna be friendly, I wanna connect. We all do. And I think it takes a certain kind of gvura, a certain kind of discipline. To stay internal for a night and to not get caught up in the desire to be social, to connect. The desire to connect is, of course, I think, an asset in our lives today. Most of us do it as a matter of course in person, by phone, by text, by tweet, by Instagram. Hi, hello, ping, swish, ding, how are you, what's up? The thing is, though, when you're in mourning, we don't bother with those social niceties. At a Shiva home, the home of a mourner, you don't say hello. You don't ask, how are you? You know the answer. And so on the night when tomorrow, when we will mourn for so many of the tragedies of our people, we don't check in with each other. On Yom Kippur, we wish each other well. Hi, great to see you. Have an easy fast. What are you doing for breakfast? Is your mom serving (laughs) lox? But on Tisha B'Av, silence. It's the one time of the year when all of us get to mourn together. Where all of us are mourners at once. And even though we will sit together tomorrow night on the floor in the dark we will somehow still remain separate. Tisha B'Av is about the ultimate in separation, disconnected, mourning, alone. The world is loud. Other interests clamor. But tomorrow night will go dark. Tomorrow night will go quiet. It fits. Because on Tisha B'Av, our regular desire to connect is trumped by our need to separate and to listen and to hear the inner voice. Tisha B'Av marks the unwillingness of our people at moments in our history to hear our inner voice, to listen to the voice of the true. Sometimes we don't even realize when we're ignoring our own voice. We get distracted by the world. We lose our own values in the noise and we give in to the voice of the crowd. That's what happened to the spies. Oh no, this land, it's terrible. No, we can't do it, we can't do it. And the whole nation was like, yeah, you're right. It's terrible, it's terrible. Only two men listened to the silence and could hear, no, this land is good. The rest of the nation sort of got caught up. And why was the second temple destroyed according to tradition? Hatred. Baseless. No reason for it, hatred. Among ourselves. The inability to hear, you know, there's that famous story in the Talmud of Kamtsa and Bar Kamtsa. They had similar names, but one was an enemy of this guy who was hosting a party and he accidentally was invited to the party. He got to the door, and the guy said, oh, no, you're not invited. He said, please, I'll be embarrassed. Just let me in. No, I can't. I will pay you for my plate. If you let me in, nope, not going to happen. I will pay you for half of this party. Just please, don't kick me out. No, no, no. I'll pay for the whole party. Get out. So that's an ugly story. But the ugliest part of that story is that the rabbis were sitting around watching it happen. The host publicly shamed the guest, and the rabbis said nothing. Why? Why did they not speak up? What prevented them from not connecting to the pain of this man at the door? Because sometimes I think we give in to the noise. We give in to the noise of the crowd. We don't listen to the voice of justice, the voice of the true. In our desire to please others or to avoid making a scene or to avoid being judged, we end up messing things up badly. And that, I think, is what Tisha B'Av is about, getting quiet, getting to the inside. This Shabbat and tomorrow night, we will hear from three men, Moses, Isaiah, and Jeremiah, each of whom is willing to speak the truth. They're not required. They don't feel they need to be liked. Not an easy job. Let's start with Moses. Tomorrow morning we'll read Parshat Devarim, the beginning of the last book of the Torah, and the beginning of his final speech to the people. It is not a cheerful speech. Here's what you did wrong. Here are the things that have been bugging me all this time. How am I ever going to carry all of you with your burdens and your troubles and your pains? He reminds the people of their sins. And then tomorrow, for the Haftarah, we're going to read Isaiah, Isaiah's vision, the chazon, the vision of Isaiah that Rabbi Jessica just mentioned. He's actually, Isaiah's usually known as the prophet of comfort, but tomorrow he will yell at us. Tomorrow he will say, Banim Vehem I raised my kids so well, and then they sin. Isaiah will give us the anger, the unpopular voice. And then tomorrow night we'll sit on the floor and read Jeremiah's words, the book of Lamentations. Echa. Echa yashvavadad. How that city sits. In each of these readings we hear that word echo, echa. The word itself is a poetic form of ech. How it's just a simple word, but when you say it poetically, it sounds so dreary. It sounds like such a sigh of sadness. How awful, how awful it is to carry the burden, Moses is saying. Isaiah says how awful it is to see the city destroyed. Jeremiah, how awful. This does not sound like a fun job, to be the one who's always saying how awful. Three men, three speeches, three devastating sighs. But by willing to give us those difficult messages, these three men also end up being willing and able to bring us messages of hope. Think about it. Moses is our ultimate redeemer. He's the guy who takes us out of slavery. Isaiah is a prophet of hope. We sing Isaiah every Friday night. We sing, You've been sitting too long in this valley of tears. We sing it in the L'Chadodi. And even Jeremiah, who's the prophet of doom and gloom, he also gives us hope. So this Shabbat then gets known as Isaiah's vision, chazan. It's the Shabbat of vision. We might even call it the Shabbat of prophecy. The Hasidic master Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev says that on this Shabbat, the reason it's called Shabbat of vision is because every single Jew gets a vision on this Shabbat. Every single Jew gets a vision of the third temple. How many of you? have had a vision of the Third Temple. The thing is, I don't think it's it's literal. I think on this Shabbat, we get a vision of what is real and broken and hard, and we also get the vision of what could be better, what could be fixed, what could be rebuilt. In a way, each one of us on this Shabbat is being asked to see. Each one of us on this Shabbat is being asked to be a prophet. See the past clearly. See what is broken now. See what could be better in the future. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be the one to say echa, especially when we know that nobody else wants to listen. They want to hear us say, hey, how are you? What's going on? Hi, ping. But sometimes we have to say echa. Having prophetic ability. Getting in touch with our own capacity to see makes life hard. The Piazetzner Rebbe, the Rebbe of the Warsaw ghetto said that Israelites are by nature prone to nervousness. (laughs) I thought I was the only one who was gonna get that. The reason is because they are descendants of the prophets. If we use our capacity for prophecy, for good things, then we can reach a very high level. But if not, it's like the case of a person who's born with a powerful mind. If he doesn't use it, he risks madness. We are born with a nervous nature because we can see what is real. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak's understanding is that Shabbat Chazon is actually hopeful. We're given a prophecy, a vision of things that are hard, and then a vision of how to make them better. We need to have vision, but you know that you can't have vision without going internal. I wanna get all of my opinions from Facebook. I wanna get my opinions from the news and the people I like who write good opinions. And I wanna get my opinions from friends I admire at dinner. Tell me what to think about this situation. But I need to get quiet to hear what my own voice needs to say. The the psychologist Carl Jung said it best, your vision will become clear only when you look into your own heart. Who looks outside? Dreams. Who looks inside? Awakens. Tomorrow night, we won't say hello. Instead, we're gonna go inwards, as individuals and as a people. And we're gonna look, where do we need vision? Just like Jeremiah says, let's check what is it that we need to fix we have to sharpen our vision of ourselves so on this weekend tomorrow night we become willing to separate in a mystical way to separate to disconnect in order to connect to separate in order to unify to try to see things without the haze of distraction. How are you, what's going on? Hi, hi, does she see me here because she didn't say hello yet? Mm -hmm. Instead, we look inward. What's most important for us? What are our values? What needs fixing within us? The good news is we won't have to stay quiet forever. We won't have to stay separate for long next week we're going to meet love we'll hear that we get to be comforted isaiah will say nachamu be comforted you've been suffering for too long excuse me you've been suffering for too long it's over come on let's celebrate and we'll connect this friday is tu bav the 15th day of av the day when women used to run into the fields to find love and even today is still celebrated as a day of love throughout the Jewish world. Because by disconnecting, we end up connecting more deeply. Love, deep abiding love for ourselves and for our people and for the world only comes if we know what's inside of us. That's the point of all of it. That's how to fix a world where there's baseless hatred. Be steady in the darkness and in the quiet so that we can be steady for one another. That's the prophecy I think we need today so badly. So I wanted to tell you that's why I'm hoping to not say hello tomorrow night. And I pray that it's going to help me listen more deeply to my own inner voice and hear what my own tikkun is, my own fixing, and what the world needs from me. Let's say hello next time, though. Because by then, who knows, redemption may have come. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.